So take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 9 through 15. Ladies, first. Throughout history, there have been some famous firsts for women. Here are a few from the 20th century. In 1900, Charlotte Cooper was the first woman to win an Olympic gold medal. In 1921, Edith Wharton was the first woman to win a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. This is in the 20th century. Of course, Amelia Earhart, the lady you're looking at there, is the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. She did that in 1928. Valentina Tereshkova was the first woman in space in 1963. And with a name like Valentina Tereshkova, you know she's not from Mississippi. Margaret Thatcher, the first woman uh, prime minister of Great Britain, 1979. Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. In 1987, this is kind of interesting, she was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's kind of amazing that Aretha was the first. And our most beautiful ever Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, became Secretary of State in 1997. You know, some of you, bless your hearts, you're, you're sweet, but you're slow. And uh, <clears throat> in the spiritual life, particularly <clears throat> in the local church, it's not a matter of firsts for women, <clears throat> but it's a reality that women have always been first. Now, with this being Mother's Day, <clears throat> I'm declaring it Ladies' Day, and I want to show you how in Scripture it's most often ladies first. Our text, Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come up over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately, excuse me, I'm going to cough. Immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia, the city of, from the city of Thyatira. She was a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she 
<clears throat> prevail upon us. All pastors, <clears throat> all of us, all of us <clears throat> wish that men were more involved in the church. <clears throat> I'm thankful for you men, thankful for the ones that are involved. But all of us <clears throat> wish that men were more involved. God has designed some unique roles <clears throat> for men in his church, yet it is a challenge <clears throat> to get men to fulfill those roles, those roles. <clears throat> it's just a hard thing to do. Now, not so with, <clears throat> with women. Ladies have a key role in the spiritual welfare <clears throat> of their families and the spiritual welfare of the <clears throat> house of God, and they usually accept responsibility. Not being unkind to men at all. <clears throat> but I will tell you that over the years, <clears throat> if I've wanted something done, I got women to do it <clears throat> because women would do it. And men <clears throat> would oftentimes fail to do it. So this morning, <clears throat> we're going to see how that women have been first in the church. They were <clears throat> first in responding to God. They were <clears throat> first in faithfulness and first in service, first of all, first in responding to God. Now, our text tells us <clears throat> the story of Paul's first missionary journey. This was his first missionary journey into Europe. <clears throat> and in the, his journey to Macedonia, his first contact was with a, <clears throat> a women's group, in particular, <clears throat> a lady named Lydia. Now, she was a businesswoman, <clears throat> and it appears that in addition to being a businesswoman, she was given <clears throat> to hospitality. She's also a woman who had some level of devotion in her life, <clears throat> some level of religion in her life. Again, from verse 14, and one who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what <clears throat> was said <clears throat> by Paul. Now, it's possible <clears throat> that Lydia was a religious person. In fact, it's, <clears throat> it's most definite that she was a religious person. I don't think <clears throat> that she was a born-again believer before that encounter that day. She could have been perhaps <clears throat> religious the way that Cornelius of Acts chapter 10 <clears throat> was religious in that he worshiped an invisible God but he had not yet heard of Jesus Christ. Maybe Lydia was that kind of a, of a worshiper. Now, I will say this. This is not in the, the message, but it's true. Oftentimes, when a, a new synagogue or a new synagogue congregation was to be formed, oftentimes ladies came together in prayer and study, and they, they met as a prayer group, if you will, but they did not become <clears throat> a synagogue until certain officers or <clears throat> people of the synagogue uh, came. Maybe she was <clears throat> a religious person in that way. She had a devotion to God, <clears throat> but she needed to take one further step. She needed to hear <clears throat> the gospel, and she needed to respond to the gospel. I'll put it <clears throat> this way. She was religious, but lost. <clears throat> there are a lot of people who are religious, but <clears throat> lost. 
They are religious, but they've not yet heard the message of Jesus Christ. So she needed to hear the message. She needed to hear what Paul was preaching. And so Paul preached to these ladies who were there, along with his friends were there, and they preached the cleansing power of Jesus Christ. And when Lydia, excuse me, when Lydia heard the preaching of Paul, she believed, she opened her heart, or she paid attention to what was said by Paul. Now, afterward, she was baptized. You remember from a couple of Sundays ago, what kind of baptism was that? That was a believer's baptism. So Lydia was the first person to respond to the gospel in the continent of Europe. And as a result of her belief, Lydia's entire family was saved. So here is a woman who was first in responding to God. That happens a lot in families. That the woman of the family is the first in responding to God. Some of you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior because your wife or your mother brought you to Jesus after having been saved themselves. After they were saved, then you were saved. I know that's the way it is with Perry Gaines. Perry Gaines had, a, I think, a son saved, and his wife was saved, and then Perry uh, was saved. She was instrumental in his salvation. And, And you ladies should understand that you can be and have been and will be again instrumental in the salvation of others, particularly of those in your family. Here's what the Bible says about women and their ability to win their husbands to the Lord. 1 Timothy 3.1, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. So even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Now, men have a responsibility to be obedient to God, but it is usually the mother. It is usually the ladies. It is usually the women who respond first to God. So ladies are first. They are first and were first in responding to God. Here's the second thing. First, in faithfulness. Regardless of the gathering, women usually outdo the men in faithfulness. Usually. Not always, but usually. Now, it's not because church is for women, but it's, but it's as a rule, women are just more faithful than men. They just are. They They may be more faithful in every area of life. I don't know. It may be that a woman is a more faithful friend than a man. I don't know. It may be that they may be more more faithful in marriage or employment. I, I, I don't know. I want to give you three Bible examples of the faithfulness of women, how the, the women's faithfulness distinguished them in certain biblical incidents. First of all, they were the last to leave Jesus. In Mark chapter 15 and verse 16, and Joseph brought a a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. 
And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. For Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Now, I've conducted a lot of funeral services. More than than I ever wanted to. I, I don't. I, wouldn't, I would never say that I enjoyed uh, doing a funeral service. Now, I try to be a blessing, and I try to be a comfort and a help. But I never <clears throat> enjoyed doing a funeral service. I was cleaning out some files, <clears throat> and I took a file home of clergy cards, uh, Susie, that <clears throat> for a long time I would receive at a funeral. And, and the clergy card had the <clears throat> person who had passed away in the obituary and and <clears throat> those kinds of things in it. And I've taken those home, and, and I, I, will <clears throat> I will go through those things. And I think the reason that I saved them is because I pastored a church that Jan and I started in Nashville. <clears throat> we pastored that church for 15 and a half years, and there wasn't one death in the church family. <clears throat> and when I came here and somebody died, it was just <clears throat> it made an impression. I took that clergy card and put it in a a file folder. And then the next one and the next one. And that that file folder with open clergy cards is probably that that wide. It's huge. And and I I could remember them, but that's not really the point. The the point that I'm making is that oftentimes women are the most faithful ones to the grave of a departed loved one. <clears throat> not because they're weaker or have more sentiment, but because they're just faithful to that departed loved one. They're the ones <clears throat> who want to go and visit the grave. They're the ones who want to go back <clears throat> and visit the grave. Not because men don't care, but uh, <clears throat> they, just, they just want to go back. And a lot of that has to do <clears throat> with the, the loyalty of a woman. The last to desert a cause <clears throat> are faithful women. They're the very last ones. When a church is <clears throat> struggling and small, you'll find a couple of men and about 10 faithful women that keep the doors open. <clears throat> My first sermon was preached at the Dakota Baptist Church in St. Cloud, Florida. <clears throat> that little church, uh, you walked in, <clears throat> there were about 15 women. There were about four men, and there were a few children. But it was the women who were keeping the doors of that little church open. Ladies are typically first in faithfulness. After the cross and the burial, the ladies were the last to leave Jesus. And they were also the first to see Jesus. John 20 and verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away <clears throat> from, the, <clears throat> from the tomb. Now, Mary Magdalene was the last to leave the cross <clears throat> and the first to come to the tomb. Women <clears throat> have this thing about making sure that everything that should be done is accomplished that everything that, <clears throat> that ought to happen, happens. They have a way of, <clears throat> of, of attending to detail. And the reason that, <clears throat> that she came back to the tomb, these women came back, was to tend to some details. Regardless of the time of day or the, <clears throat> the job to be done, women are just faithful. 
And they're usually <clears throat> the last ones to leave a need. Let, let, me, <clears throat> let me say this to you. What, going back to, to deaths in the church. Whenever we have a death in the church, <clears throat> many years ago, in fact, it was after my wife's aunt <clears throat> passed away, and their church in Gunnersville, Alabama, the First Baptist Church of Gunnersville, Alabama, <clears throat> had the family to come back and have a meal. I told Jan, I said, that is a nice thing that we ought to do. <clears throat> so we began to offer and prepare and plan a meal. Now, this has been a long, long time ago, <clears throat> but to offer and, and prepare and plan a meal. Now, let me tell you what never happened. <clears throat> this never happened. Ever. <clears throat> I never send out a, an email to the deacons and say, all right, so-and-so has passed away. Uh, which one of you will bring the meat? Who's going to bring some? What dishes do you think that you'll... They don't, they don't bring anything. They won't bring anything. <clears throat> you say, well, that's some sorry deacon. No, that's men. <clears throat> that's the way men are. You, you remember the... Um, the story of the little red hen, kakakakadakit goes a little red hen, you know, and and <clears throat> she she planted uh, uh, some grain and she said, "Who'll help me plant the grain?" Well, I won't," said the big fat pig. "I won't," said the cow. And so forth. <clears throat> I mean, guys, let's face it: we're pigs and cows. <clears throat> we're just not going to help. But women, <clears throat> women take care of things. They are <clears throat> faithful. They will not leave a need unmet. Now, <clears throat> I've prepared my sermon for next Sunday, and I'm going to, it's more of a testimony message next Sunday. I've titled it uh, Final Words. But one of the things I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk about next Sunday, and, and for me, it's not the end of 25 years. It's the end of 42 years of pastoring. I've been a pastor for 42 years. Jan has been a pastor's wife <clears throat> for 42 years. And I'm, I'm going to make reference to the fact that we began <clears throat> a church in Nashville, Tennessee on July the 4th, <clears throat> 1976. And we remained at that church for 15 and a half years. The first man <clears throat> to join the church is a man named Tommy Hart. Tommy Hart was a great <clears throat> and is a great guy. Very faithful church man. In fact, pray for Tommy. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning, <clears throat> Tommy is having open heart surgery. So <clears throat> pray for Tommy. But Tommy was, was and is a man's man. He uh, hunts and fishes. <clears throat> he worked for, he started out as a jackhammer drive, uh, jackhammer operator for National Electric Service. <clears throat> then he became a truck driver for National Electric Service. And he was <clears throat> the first man to join our church. And, and Tommy was faithful. And <clears throat> boy, do I appreciate Tommy. Now, here's the rest of the story. Before Tommy ever showed up, <clears throat> Jan was there and seven other women who had committed <clears throat> to helping that preacher start the new church. And <clears throat> the reason for that is because the women oftentimes are just the first to see it. And they saw it. <clears throat> they appreciated it. And they embraced it. And, and <clears throat> quite honestly, 
they stayed with that church for the most part. I think most of them stayed with it until Jan and I left 15 and a half years after starting that church. I thank God for the, the women of the church and for the women in the church. I thank God that you are faithful. I thank God that for these 42 years, I've had good women in the church. And there are a lot of men whose names I can forget, but there are a lot of women whose names I can remember because of their faithfulness. I remember Eileen Rimley at our first church in Sanford, Florida. Eileen Rimley was an older woman who just absolutely adored that young preacher and his wife. And she took care of us. She was a a lovely and sweet woman. I remember her. I remember the women of of Metro Baptist Church. And I'll remember so many of you faithful women because you were first. And you've been first all along. In the Bible, the women were the first, <clears throat> to, uh, the last to leave Jesus and the first to see Jesus. Let me give you another thing. They were first in prayer. Acts chapter <clears throat> 1 records the first church prayer meeting. See what you notice about the first prayer meeting. Acts 1.14, all these <clears throat> with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, Mary <clears throat> and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Here's what it appears to me. It appears that the women were praying and the others said, we'll pray with you. When when you need prayer, I strongly urge you to ask a woman of prayer. I ask you to ask a faithful woman because that woman's going to pray for you. She's going to pray for you and she's going to keep praying for you. There are a lot lot of guys that say yes and then they do know. There are a lot of people <clears throat> that, that will agree to keep up appearances on, on a lot of things. <clears throat> but then when the reality comes, it's a whole different story. With women, <clears throat> women are faithful in prayer. You, you know this story, but <clears throat> when we first came to Tallahassee, we faced a lot of <clears throat> resistance. I, uh, I, told, I had my last deacons meeting <clears throat> this past Monday night, and I told the deacons, I said, look, let me tell you something, guys. Here's something y'all need to remember. When your new pastor comes, <clears throat> you need to take care of him. You need to, he needs to have a honeymoon. He literally does. He needs to have a, <clears throat> a honeymoon. Quite, and I'm not complaining. I, I love you and I love this church. But <clears throat> I never had a honeymoon in this church. My second Sunday here, while we were having the service up here, there were a hundred and something people having a separate service downstairs. A a group of people who were just subversive. And they were having a separate service downstairs. And I'll be honest with you, I walked around having no idea who to believe in. Who to count on. But I did know this. I knew that I had a friend in Aubrey Mayo. And I knew that Aubrey Mayo had a praying mother. She was an assembly of God, went to Evangel Assembly of God over, I guess that's off Tharp Street or near Tharp Street, went to Evangel Assembly of God. And I went to Aubrey and I said, Aubrey, 
I want to ask you to do something for me. Aubrey agreed. I said, will you go to your mother and would you tell your mother that I specifically asked that she pray for me? I just need for her to pray for me. I don't care what she prays. She just needs to pray for me because I need to be prayed for. And I need somebody like your mother to pray for me who's not going to pray once or twice and give up. She's going to stay with it. And Aubrey, I believe with all of my heart, until she was no longer able to, to think and pray like she should, I believe with all of my heart, she prayed for me until the very end. And, and when I lost her as a prayer warrior, I lost a big thing. Women have often been the first in prayer. Ladies first, they've been first to respond to God. They've been first in faithfulness. Let me give you this final thing. They've been first in service. Again, from our text, verse 13, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. First of all, they they were first to encourage the servant of God. Look at verse 15. We've already read it. This is Lydia. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now, this reminds us of Mary and Martha, <clears throat> who entertained Jesus in their home. Mary and Martha were, were <clears throat> honored Jesus with their hospitality, and Lydia honored Paul and those who accompanied him <clears throat> with her hospitality. Thank God <clears throat> for the ladies of the church. The ladies of the church <clears throat> who make an effort to show the people who minister in the church hospitality and love. Thank God for those of you who over the years and to this day continue to show love to the to the preacher and to the staff, to the minister of music, to school teachers, and and on anyone who serves the Lord and serves in the church. That oftentimes it is in fact most of the time it's the women who encourage God's servants. I looked for a picture to show you of this person I'm talking about. I just couldn't find one. But I I remember a woman, and and think of a a, just an old-fashioned, heavyset woman with a house dress and, and, you know, just just an old-fashioned woman. She she, sweet face, had an angel's face, and it it was round, and she had her... <clears throat> a little hair done up. Her name was Gracie Smith. Never will forget Gracie Smith. Her husband's name was Virgil. Virgil <clears throat> and Gracie Smith. Gracie often invited the preacher, who was my dad, <clears throat> my daddy. She often invited the preacher and his family to her house for dinner. And let me tell you what she knew. Nathan, you'll find this interesting. She knew that little Randy loved chicken and dumplings. She knew that I loved chicken and dumplings. So no matter what she was making for anybody else, if she was making ham or roast or whatever it was, it didn't matter what it was. 
she always made a big pot of chicken and dumplings. Now, everybody could have them, but she only made them for one person, and that was me. She encouraged the servant of God and encouraged the, the servant of God's little boy. And after I grew up and became a pastor, and she was very old and became very ill, I stopped by to see her one day. They lived in, uh, some of you from the Nashville area, uh, remember over in, in uh, Old Hickory, the, the area where DuPont was, they, they used to have company housing there, and they call that Rayon City. Uh, you may remember that it was called Rayon City. And <clears throat> they lived in Rayon City. And <clears throat> I stopped by to see her. She was very old and she was very sick. And I got inside the house and I went <clears throat> and she looked at me and she said, Randy, I wish I had some chicken and dumplings to offer you. Women are like that. <clears throat> Women normally are like that. You say, well, not every woman's like that. No, not every woman, but women are generally that way, especially Christian women. They're the first to encourage the servant of God, making over someone who is maybe, maybe is that's not the most important thing, but it's not unimportant either. And you ought to make over people. You, you, You serve God when you make over his servants and their families. And and let me just say this. When you have a new pastor, you need to make over him and make over his family. Your your new pastor and his family, whoever this is going to be, they need for you to welcome them and they need for you to continue that spirit as long as God has them here. They need that. They need for you to do, they need for you to find out what they really like and bring it to them. And and hopefully the preacher will let it be known what he really likes. I'm going to tell you a a little secret. This this may or may not, you may not like this, but it's it's the truth. Um, When I first came here, I made out like I love Twinkies. I did. I made out like I love Twinkies. Now, the truth is, we never buy Twinkies at our house. And we've never really bought Twinkies at our house. I do. I will eat them. I do like them. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're not American if you don't like a Twinkie. But I made out that I love Twinkies. And the reason that I did that was to give people something to hang on to. And I can't tell you how long it, it was, but it was a long time <clears throat> that I'd come to church and there'd be Twinkies in my chair. Now, back then, with so much negative stuff going on, I didn't dare eat them. <clears throat> <clears throat> if you know what I mean. <clears throat> but I just... I put out there that I love Twinkies just to get, and then when somebody would give me those Twinkies, I'd just make over them. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. Now, by the way, where's Richard Duncan? 
Richard's in here. I saw him earlier. Richard, when I say that I love tomatoes, I'm not kidding about that. I really do love tomatoes. Okay? Fresh off the vine. Okay? I really love them. I mean, really love them. So I'm not kidding about that. But I said I love Twinkies. And and I don't know how many... I'll count them individually. I don't know how many hundreds, maybe even more than a thousand Twinkies I received during a period of time when everybody's trying to encourage me. Hey, let's get him. Let's stop and get some Twinkies. People would be shopping at the store and they said, we're going to get him a box of Twinkies. And they'd bring me Twinkies. And, and every time, <clears throat> every time I'd act like it was the first time I'd ever gotten Twinkies. Every time. You say, preacher, why did you do that? I did that because it was good for the people of God to have an interest in the the pastor that God had sent to their church. And you're going to have a new pastor. And you need to find out. You need to find out some things about what he likes. And you you need to work to encourage his family. During times of, of difficulty, uh, Sheldon, Wynn, <clears throat> Sheldon Wynn took my boys, you remember this, to Wakulla Springs, and Sheldon was no spring chicken, and that dude got up on that tower and jumped off into the, on Wakulla Springs. <clears throat> he did that just to encourage the family. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing an overkill on that, but I, I want you to understand that is really, really important. And don't you act like, well, I can take you or leave you when the new pastor comes. Love your new pastor. Love your new pastor and, and the pastor's family. And, and make, them, make them have to make you not love them before you don't love them. Make it easy to love them and hard not to love them. Well, I need to go on. Not only were the ladies first in service by encouraging God's service, but they were first to tell the good news. Verse 8 of Matthew 28, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they, they ran to tell the disciples. Who was telling the good news? Well, it was the women. It was the women telling the good news. Ladies, when you are sharing with your children You need to share with them the the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, and be the first not only to share the good news of anything spiritual, but the first to share with them redemption. Again, I believe that men should take a lead in leading their children to Christ, but I believe that women most often take the lead. Ladies, you've been first on a lot of things. And now you're claiming new ground. You are are business women. You're professionals. You're politicians. You're lawyers. You're doctors. And and a lot more. You, You hold the flag at the road crew. And you drive the paving machine. I think all of that is great, but if in the pursuit of one, if you lose 
ground in the work of God, then the price is too great. And I don't think you have to. I don't, I don't think that one has to be sacrificed for the other. I believe that you can succeed in anything and everything that you put your mind to do. Here's what I ask. Ladies, <clears throat> please continue your faithfulness to God. And please continue by your faithfulness to challenge the men of the church to join you in service for Christ. With faithful men and faithful women, North Florida Baptist Church can reach the community for Jesus Christ in a way that you've never done before, literally across the street and around the world. I am so very thankful. I am so very thankful for ladies and that you have been first, and I suspect it will continue. And men, I challenge you to join the ladies of this church in stepping forward and serving the Lord in faithfulness. Let's bow our heads for prayer.